you know, about a year ago, we heard that he had COVID and then he passed away. And it was just shocking. And it, you know, I, I had friends that had COVID at that point, but I didn't know anyone that had passed away from it. So to have someone so close in our lives was just absolutely surreal and, and just, you know, it was just so hard. Mm-hmm. That's Lauren Stevens. And this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Hey guys, I'm Cara Duffy, a business coach and entrepreneur on a mission to help you live your most extraordinary life by showing you anything is possible. People who have mastered freedom, ease, and success, who are living their best lives and most ridiculous lives are often people you've never heard of until now. How many of you have been freezing, put on your warmest clothes, and then realized, ugh, this is not cute. Today's guest, Lauren Stevens, co-founded Dudley Stevens to solve just that, the how to be warm and stylish problem. In this episode, we discuss so much, like how her background in luxury fashion led to creating her family business that's women-owned and women-led. We talk about the choices that they make to maintain their commitment to being you know, sustainable and have recycled materials. You know, and we also talk about, which was really moving for me, and I think also really insightful to the realities of what some entrepreneurs have dealt with, you know, how she got back up when COVID not only took her beloved mentor, but also took her entire supply chain with it. I'm really excited for you to meet Lauren. I can't wait to hear about what you think of this episode. Enjoy. Welcome to the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Thank you. It's so nice to meet you, Kara. It's really great to be here. And thanks for having me. Of course. Likewise. You know, I'm here in Southern California, but I'm from Boston area. And California is sneaky cold. And I'm watching how cozy you look right now (laughs) and how cozy all of your products are. And I'm like, okay, I really am underdressed for how chilly it actually is here today. Yes, I hear you. It's. I think it was a real feel of negative 10 this morning here in Connecticut. Oh, so as we call it, Dudley weather is full on, fully starting. Yeah. <laughs> yes, 100%. Um, so let's tell everybody who you are and what you're up to in the world. Great. Um, my name is Lauren Stevens. I'm co-founder and CEO of Dudley Stevens. Uh, we were founded in 2015 by myself, my sister, and my mom. Um, and the whole um, idea behind our company is that we make versatile, stylish fleece clothing for women using recycled materials. Um, We've since expanded outside of fleece uh, last year, and we are doing more of that this year. Um, But the real bread and butter of our company is our fleece turtlenecks, which I'm wearing one of right now. Um, And we've grown uh, significantly since 2015. Um, And currently, we have a team of about 12 full-time employees. Uh, We're based in Greenwich, Connecticut. And, um, and we're excited about 2022. Well, and it's, I love the fact that for those who are listening and can't see you, um, your fleece turtleneck is very stylish. It is not what you think of when someone just says, oh, I'm wearing a fleece turtleneck. It has, you know, totally. cute ruching on the shoulder. It's a stylish, like almost cowl neck turtleneck. You know, mm-hmm. what made you see the gap in the market for being comfortable and stylish at the same time? 
Yes. So my mom, um, who's a style inspiration for my sister and I, um, and someone we've always looked up to in that regard, um, she, her and my dad, um, have live on the water in Broayton, Connecticut, in this really cute beach uh, sailing town. And they got a boat. And this was like a later in life thing for our family. We, you know, we grew up going on boats growing up, but my dad and my mom just got really into it. And they would go out on their boat. And no matter what the weather was like in Southern California, as you said, it can be sneaky cold. So even if it's like a summer day, if you're out on the water, the temperature can drop. So um, my mom just found herself having always these fleece coats and tops around our house that we would just throw on and go out on the boat in. Um, and one day she said to my sister and I, why can't this be cute? And like, why can't it, like, why can't I then wear it off the boat to go to dinner? Like I, I, I wouldn't wear this coat to go to like a nice restaurant. And so, you know, light bulbs kind of went off in our, our heads and we always wanted to start a family business. We love being together. We're a very tight knit family. Um, and my, I had a background in fashion. I was working in fashion PR and my sister was working in marketing and we just thought, why don't we just try to do this? And there definitely seems to be, you know, a gap in the market. Like you Mm -hmm. said, that, um, there is not this like elevated stylish clothing using this material that is so versatile, um, and warm. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's only so fun to look cute, but be freezing. Like it yes. doesn't last very long. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how long do totally. high heels really last? Exactly. And yes. But I think with so many people either conmarring their spaces or going to a capsule wardrobe, having things that can be versatile like you guys make is so critical because I am sure like you, like I end up wearing the same pieces all the time mm-hmm. because you always keep defaulting to like what works and what's comfortable at the same. Exactly. How, how have your customers responded? And I'm guessing that they're very thankful that you exist. But like, what's really surprised you about their response? The surprising part has been their loyalty. Um, mm-hmm. We, uh, my sister, spearheaded a loyalty program a few years ago, and it it, it it was the right company and the right customer to have a sort of program like that um, because our customers keep coming back. I mean, mm-hmm. they'll buy one turtleneck and they'll see how much they wear it. And then they'll come and buy, you know, multiple others. Um, I think the stat is that one in 10 of our customers have at least five turtlenecks. So, you know, a lot of our customers have multiple um, Dudley Stevens hanging in their closet in different colors. We have different fabric ways of fleece. Um, We have this puff sleeve option. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, once we see that a style's working, we'll keep iterating on that and coming out with different lengths and, um, the puff sleeve and different shoulders. Um, and it's, I think that's the most surprising thing is just this loyalty aspect of people that Mm -hmm. have become so obsessed with the product, uh, that they just keep coming back and and buying more colors and styles. And, and it's, it's heartwarming for us, um, because we're so, you know, this is, I like to call it my third baby, which a lot of entrepreneurs (laughs) do, but it's, it almost is my first baby because we launched it before I had my first child. But, um, but it's, you know, we're, it's so heartwarming to hear, you know, how thankful and, and obsessed our customers mm-hmm. are with our product. And our goal as business owners is just to continue with giving them, you know, newness and remaining true to who we are, um, mm-hmm. just because we keep, we continue to see people coming back. I love that. So if we go back to eight-year-old you in Connecticut, did you ever expect that this would be your life? Uh, no, <laughs> um, I definitely did not. I think, you know, I was 
definitely. My sister and I were swimmers growing up. We were a very athletic driven family. Um, you know, we wore fleece all the time growing up, um, whether it was, you know, going skiing or just in general life in Connecticut. Um, it's just such a great fabric for, for our climate. So, um, I, my mom was always into fashion and she was definitely an inspiration on that for me. And, um, but I, you know, I went to college, I swam in college. I was, I, fashion was kind of like on the back, you know, Mm -hmm. back of my mind, I think. And then once I was living in New York city, I had some job opportunities in the fashion world and kind of like stumbled my way into it. And, um, I've learned a ton over the past, Mm -hmm. you know, 20 plus years of working in the industry. Um, but I would say eight-year-old me did not have any indication of this. Um, I I think that I took a class in college called Entrepreneur 101 and Mm -hmm. learning about entrepreneurship in that course, I think kind of started a little, train of thought in my, in my brain of, oh, maybe that's possible one day, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe you could do that. Maybe you could start your own company. So, um, so I think it was always in the back of my mind, college, post-college, but, uh, but my young self was driven by athletics, swimming, my friends, my community. Um, I I don't think I had, you know, some people might've at a young age thought they're going to start a business, but I think I was just very much into other things at the time. (laughs) Yeah. And what was it that caused you guys to want to have a family business? Because you mentioned that that was always a dream that you guys had. Yeah, I think our, you know, we just, as I said, we were such a tight-knit family growing up and we love being together and hanging out. And what really, what we always talk about too is our strengths and weaknesses are all different. So Mm -hmm. I had fashion PR background. My sister was sports and entertainment marketing and events. Um, and my mom has like a super amazing design aesthetic and almost ESP with like trends and colors. And she just always is dialed into things. And, um, so we all kind of came from different angles and areas and we really complemented each other a lot. And we knew that going into this, like I knew that I wasn't going to be able to build a website and my sister built our website when we launched. And Mm -hmm. so we all had different areas that we were experts in and continue to grow in those areas as our company has grown. And I think it's really helped our relationship. You know, I mean, family's tough and I'm I'm not going to sit here and say it's all peachy keen (laughs) and like we're never disagreeing on things because we definitely do. And um, I think for me personally, I just enjoy working with my family and I feel even more comfortable speaking my mind than I have done in other um, corporate environments. So I feel like Mm -hmm. it really, because we are so tight knit and close, like we do feel like we can express opinions, thoughts, ideas easily. And, um, you know, it's about keeping that open communication and, you know, knowing that we do feel so comfortable, there was no other, um, I mean, I just never even hesitated to start with my mom and my sister. I mean, it was, you know, a no brainer from the start. Yeah. And you mentioned that you were in fashion for a long time, fashion PR. Um, I believe I also read that you've been a stylist, you've modeled. So what was it that helped you make the leap from being a college swimmer athlete to being in New York and in fashion? I, I feel really lucky that I was able to get my initial job at Calvin Klein. I mm-hmm. happened to be out one night and met this woman who was just so um, beneficial for me to meet. And she brought me in for an interview and it really sparked an interest that I think was there, but I didn't really know. And so it was kind of fortuitous, but then I also 
got this job and it was in an area that I didn't want to be in. So I had to like look at the other areas at the company. And then this other job opened up um, in fashion and celebrity PR. Um, And I was, you know, who, what 22 year old wouldn't want to interview for that? Like it (laughs) sounded, it sounded so cool. I was like, I want to do that. That sounds awesome. Um, and I, like I I had modeled in college and I mean, in high school, I'd modeled in high school, Mm -hmm. um, for Ford models. So I was, you know, I, I had a little dip into the fashion industry in high school. Then I left, went to college, you know, kind of paused that part of life. But once I interviewed for celebrity PR and got this job, it was like full steam ahead. And when, you know, Devil Wears Prada, like mm-hmm. there were, I have crazy stories and all that. Cause it was right when they were like filming that movie. And so yeah. that time was just, you know, very interesting to be working in fashion and celebrity fashion and, and styling and, um, you know, doing fittings with celebrities and traveling for the awards shows and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a lot of glamor in that job. Like there was a lot of, it was, it, I was, you know, immediately just starstruck and impressed and and excited and just and you know so motivated and and passionate about the designers that I was got to experience and and be in fittings with. Um, but then there was also a lot of grinding and like it was a lot yes. of work, late late nights, a lot of travel, um, and just very bold personalities that you have to you know learn how to work with and manage and all that. So um, so it was definitely. You know, I, I think I was romanticized by mm-hmm. the celebrity PR and the fashion. And it just so turns out that I had a major excitement for it as well, mm-hmm. which I think was was just a lucky kind of happenstance that it came together like that. Um, and then I just had to work my butt off to learn all the things <laughs> I didn't know going into the job. No, I, I you brought up Devil Rose Prada and it makes me laugh. I, I spent before being a full-time entrepreneur, I spent 20 years working in um, yes, I saw that. fashion yeah. and lifestyle. And I went with one of my best friends who was working in footwear with me to watch that movie in the theaters. And we were crying, laughing. And everyone's looking at us like, these aren't even <laughs> funny parts. I'm like, no, but this is so real. Like This happens. Yeah. Yeah. Like the cube of cheese part, like the number of times that we had to like sneak away just to pee or like Yes. And we'd be asking yeah. each other, like, did you bring a snack? I didn't bring a snack. We're not eating until tomorrow. <laughs> like, what? It's just... It's so true. No one, like the... Uh, I don't... I think people think that is a very fictionalized story, and it's so not. Yes. And as you said, like, it's such a fun and glamorous environment to be in. And, like, you work so hard. It's like, it. Mm-hmm. it's... I think... Um, I was a college athlete in field hockey, and I, don't, I think if I... I think there needs to be people like you and I who have grit and endurance and like we know what hard totally. work is because yep. other people show up and they're like, oh, it's just parties and it's fun. And it's like, yeah, uh, for like five seconds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Literally five seconds. And then you're up at 6, 7 a.m. sending a press release out. Like it's yes, really a super, it was a grind. So yeah, yeah you have to have that exactly what you said. You have to have the grit and the motivation really. Because otherwise you're going to be, you're going to just wonder what, what, what's this all worth? You know, like, what am I, what am I doing? (laughs) Well, and I I think it's such a great um, prep for, for being an entrepreneur, right? Because sometimes the train's moving faster than you are and you're just like hanging on like, okay, if I just hang on, I will get through this season or this con, like whatever it is. And yeah, um, that's so true. And I, and I think it's so, you're so lucky to have your family doing the business with you. Um, because as you know, entrepreneurship can be so lonely. Yes, totally. 
Yeah, I feel so lucky um, day in and day out. And, you know, I don't, I could not do this alone, honestly. Like I, mm-hmm. it would have crashed and burned a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, you know, I, I thank my lucky stars every day that Khaki is there because I call, I mean, we talk on the phone all day, texting all day and whether it's about our kids or work or whatever. And, you know, just to have that sounding board is, is priceless, really. Mm-hmm. What so you mentioned the woman that you met at at uh, that led you to Calvin Klein. Obviously, your mother and sister are very powerful forces in your life. How have them and other women shaped who you are today and kind of guided you along your path? I would say, I mean, working in fashion, you work with mainly all women, um, mm-hmm. and then and you know men as well. But I think there were a lot of strong, you know, female personalities that I was around day in and day out. And, um, and I think the thing that you learn is hard work and dedication. And I worked for mom, you know, when I, before I had kids, I was working for women that had kids and, you know, they would leave the office at six 30 or whatever and go home to their children and and their families. And I was single or whatever and had no obligations. And, (laughs) um, but I I saw firsthand what it takes to have kids, have a career, Mm -hmm. you know, be a quote unquote working mom. Um, and it's, you know, it, it, it definitely inspired me, you know, Oh, so much. I mean, these women, now that I have kids looking back, I just, I am blown away by what they, they they did and, and how hard they were working. And, um, and I, you know, it was inspiring then. And it, it inspires me to this day to, you know, strike that work-life balance that is never going to be perfect as we all know. Um, but also to set an example for my children and show them, you know, what hard work is and, and what, um, passion is and, and, yeah. and, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I'm so proud of what we've built and my kids come to our office and and they love it. And, you know, it's, it's definitely, that's part of the joy of doing this is, is mm-hmm. as they're getting older, they're realizing what, what mommy does. And I, I, <laughs> I, I love, I'm so proud of that. And I, I think, you know, with all the women I've worked with in, in my career, they also the same, like, I think it's just, it's, exciting to think I could be setting an, an example for my daughter and, and that she can see, you know, what hard work and, and, and passion can do. Yeah. You know, every entrepreneur has that moment when they go, Oh no, what did I get myself into? Yeah. <laughs> what, what was that moment for you? And how did you guys get through it? We, so, uh, it's funny that you asked that too, because I actually just had a coffee this morning with an intern that we was our first like employee. She's, she was an intern. Uh, she was a local high school student and she used to come to my house after school and package our orders for us, for our customers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, she's back from college now. She's graduating in May, which I was blown away by. I was like, wait, you were working for us in high school. Now you're graduating college. Like, um, but she helped us package orders at my house. And I think, you know, as we were growing in that time, um, and I was just chatting with her about this this morning, there was a day where we had so many orders, we physically couldn't package them. Like it would Mm -hmm. be, it was out of, and we had two other interns that we had also hired at that point. So we had three interns, my sister and I, and we, we were just, we, we were totally overwhelmed. And all of our inventory was in my basement of my house. And we had to figure out a way to package them. I mean, it was, I think at that moment, my sister and I, well, we knew we needed a fulfillment company, which was advice that other entrepreneur friends had given us, like, do something until you cannot do it anymore. And then 
you know, hire someone or find another system. So that was our moment where we knew we needed a fulfillment company. But I definitely felt at that moment, what do we, what do we do? How are we going to do this? Like we can't, and these are people that have given us money. They've paid for the product and we physically don't know how to get all of these orders out of my house. Um, and it was definitely a, an exciting moment, but like my sister and I always say, exciting moments in business and entrepreneur, the entrepreneurial world can also mean stressful moments because it means you have yes. to figure something out. <laughs> you have to yeah. shift or pivot or whatever. So um, I think that was definitely a big day and moment where we were excited, but also knew that we had to now then scramble and figure out a new system. So, and there's been other, many other moments like that, but that was definitely a, a one that I will never forget. <laughs> and it's like the, the Chinese proverb, like it's like a curse. They would say, it's like, ha- may you have an exciting life. And you're like, Ooh, yes, that yes, can go either yes. way. Um, totally. Totally. I've, I've had so many clients go through that space where they're freaking out and they're like in tears, like, what are we going to do? We don't want to let everybody down. And it's like, no, this is the moment you're going to be talking about. Yes. So like, it's okay. Deep breath. Like if you don't go through this moment, I don't think you're a real entrepreneur. Like it's okay. <laughs> totally. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I think that's like the the blessing and why I, I know I'm in the right place in my life with this company is that we've had so many more of those moments since then. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. six years, over six years in now. And um, I never once like totally panic like I have in my career, yeah. you know? I mean, I panic, but it's like, we can figure this out. Like, I know we can figure this out. And, uh, you know, it's kind of just channeling that confidence and mm-hmm. assurance that we're going to work it out some way or another. We're going to figure it out because we're so passionate about the brand and our mission and our company. So, um, yeah, so it's to your point, deep breaths, <laughs> like <laughs> taking a step back and just, you know, channeling that confidence of like, we can figure this out. Well, and it's, it, people often ask me, like, what were you afraid of when you started, uh, like, on the entrepreneurial 100% journey? And I don't know about you, but like, I felt a peace I hadn't felt before mm-hmm. because totally. I didn't have all of the politics mm-hmm. and drama and all the mm-hmm. other nonsense that people were asking about that, like, when you look back at my corporate life, there were so many things I did every day that were, I knew were a waste of time, but we were just doing them because somebody asked us to do them. And when all that went away, it just felt peaceful. And I'm like, okay, whatever comes we can handle because we've, the things that we have solved before, this will be okay. (laughs) Yes. 100%. I, Mm -hmm. I think that is exactly a way to describe if you're going to start a company or become an entrepreneur, or you have that desire if you have that like inner calm about it, like then you're definitely doing the right thing and you should go for it. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, I have had that since we came up with the idea for the company. I don't know. It was like such a clear way. I was like, this is what we're doing. We're going to do it. We're going to start this company. And, you know, there was never a doubt in my mind. And I'm sure that friends and colleagues were like, you're going to start a fleece clothing line and you worked in like luxury fashion. (laughs) Like, how is that? You know, but I didn't care. I was like, I don't care. I think this is a great idea. And I'm really passionate about it. So, you know, there was, there was never another way, I guess. Yeah. And who better to reinvent fleece than someone who's come from that <laughs> space? Cause it's not going to be the same. Totally. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Where did the pineapple come from? So the pineapple has been a symbol in our home growing up that, you know, it was, it happened to be on like a bedpost of mine growing up as a child. And 
And then when my husband and I were getting married, my mom and I were planning the wedding and my mom was like, let's make the pineapple be the theme of your wedding. And so we put it on everything. We put it on the invite and our little like gift bags for the rooms of our, of our guests and, and friends. And, um, and it just became just the theme of the, of the wedding to the point where my mom even made up a drink that she called the pineapple and, <laughs> and we, and then we would drink it at home after. And so, um, so it just became this like little inside family, not joke, but just the bonding thing. And so when we were developing the idea for the company, there was no other symbol or logo that we wanted. Like that was really the main choice. And we had a graphic designer um, sketch out the the pineapple and, and different versions of it. And yeah, and we just, we knew we wanted something that was, that looked like a pineapple, but you know, you could tell it was a pineapple, but wasn't like exact, like the pillow behind me. We're like, we don't want yeah. an exact pineapple. So um, yeah, so we landed on this, this logo and we um, embroider it on all of our garments. So we have this like neon green little embroidery on all of our, our fleece. Everything gets the, the pineapple on it. Um, which logistically in the beginning was very challenging, but, um, (laughs) but it, um, it's now just become, you know, so integral to our brand. I mean, the international sign of the, you know, people, the pineapple represents welcoming and hospitality. And we just felt like Mm -hmm. it was warm and, 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 you know, um, that you could relate to it. I don't know. It just felt very on brand with where we saw the company going. It's happy. Like, yes, totally. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know anyone that like eats pineapple and can be sad at the same time. Like it's really totally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And in a drink, you know, mocktail yeah. or, or alcoholic drink, like it's a happy drink, no matter what smoothie, anything mm-hmm. just, it's a great, it just represented a lot for us. Well, I know that's been really important for you guys as well to use recycled materials. How yes. did that, was that part of the business plan from the beginning? And why is that important to you? Yes. From the beginning, it was one of our business thing, you know, one of the points in our business plan, we, I just thought, and my sister and mom, like if there was a rece- recycled fleece out there, that's what we were going to use. Um, mm-hmm. It was important to us as consumers and entrepreneurs and, you know, now business um, owners that we're doing our part for the environment. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, being that this was the whole idea of our company, fleece, stylish fleece clothing, it was just, it was just a no brainer. And, we were fortunate to get connected with Polar Tech, which is an mm-hmm. awesome company, fleece manufacturer um, that they've been around. We just did a collaboration with them. They've been around as a company for 30 years now. Um, and they were one of the original Patagonia fleece you know, manufacturers. They helped invent like recycled shearling, like the high pile fleece that we now all know. Um, and so they, they were just an awesome company to be connected with initially. And they had you know, many options of recycled fleece. So it was just a no brainer. And what the benefit of that is, is that my sister now has kept this like running tab of how many recycled bottles we've repurposed um, and avoided from, you know, our shorelines and and Mm -hmm. landfills. Um, And we're up to over 4 million now as of last year, I'm sure we're going to surpass, you know, be uh, blow by that again this year, Uh, you know, we'll get even higher this year, but but I just, I love, I'm really proud of that number. I feel like it, you know, it's how we are doing our part as a company. And anytime we source fabrics now, we're even starting to source buttons for new, like snaps and buttons mm-hmm. for new designs that are all sustainable, biodegradable. So, um, so it's, it's definitely remains important to us mm-hmm. and it will, will do, you know, moving forward. Well, it's, it's, um, 
it starts with it just being a choice, right? Once you say that's the only way, then you figure it out. Totally. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And there are definitely limitations to that. I mean, design Mm -hmm. wise, you know, we, and now with the supply chain and delays, it's, it's been an interesting puzzle to figure out, but, um, but it's, you know, it's part of our DNA of our company. So we, as you said, we just figured it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that brings up one of my next questions, which is how have you guys ridden the the wave of, it's not even COVID anymore. It's really the supply chain issues. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you guys been working with that? And how have your customers responded to support you while you go through that? Yeah. So it was the past year and a half have been just so surreal in terms of COVID. I mean, our, Mm -hmm. we were for the first five years of our company, four years of our company, we were making everything in Brooklyn locally. And we found this uh, manufacturing partner and the owner of the factory became our mentor. I mean, he just like was, you know, so important to us as we were growing and helpful. And, um, and he really just guided us because none of us had background in in production or sourcing or manufacturing. Mm -hmm. So he really filled a void that we, none of us, could, had expertise in. Um, and then COVID hit and they closed as we all did. Um, and so that was an interesting time, but our customers at that point were so supportive and understanding and we received nothing but positive, you know, feedback. Um, and then they reopened. And then unfortunately, um, he got COVID and passed away from COVID. Oh, um, I'm so sorry. Which was it. And it actually it was a year ago at this time. I was just looking up like when, cause I was like, I, I know it was a year ago, but you know, about a year ago, we heard that he had COVID and then he passed away and it was, you know, just shocking. And it, it mm-hmm. really made us all like, you know, I, I had friends that had COVID at that point, but I didn't know anyone that had passed away from it. So to have someone so close in our lives was just absolutely surreal and and just, you know, it was just so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went into about a state of shock for for a little bit and kind of grieving and mourning and our whole team worked with him. So it wasn't just me and my sister and my mom. It was our, you know, our team of, of women that were impacted by this. So, um, we, you know, we spent, I, I was so upset. I mean, I literally couldn't work for about a day. I was just like, I, I can't even focus on anything. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, another time where I was like, how are we going to get through this? Like genuinely, yeah. I don't know what we're going to do. Um, and I don't know the future of this factory. I, I, mm-hmm. I was just, you know, kind of the rug was just swept up under our feet. Um, and I remember my dad, who's a businessman and has been a, you know, somewhat of a mentor and colleague and all this, um, called me and he said, look, like, this is devastating. And this is a personal friend of yours also. It's not just, you know, your business partner. Yeah. Um, he's like, but you still have business to run <laughs> and you've got to figure it out. And you have people that work for you and you have customers. And so, you know, you kind of need to like, grieve and mourn and do everything you need to do, but you also have to think about your business. And I I thought, you know, it was great advice at the time because part of you, when you lose someone, you just want to let it all go and give up, you know, like I surrender and I can't, I can't. But, um, but Kaki and I just banded together and, and my mom and we just, we had like, you know, the next week hit the ground running. We were like, okay, if our factory is now going to shut down, which it subsequently did because he really ran the show and his wife, you know, it, it we knew that we saw that the writing was on the yeah. wall. So we just had to get other production and, you know, we had to diversify. We had to just cast the net wide. And, um, and we did that and we hired this amazing director of production who, um, ha- spent her career at Victoria's Secret. And, um, so, and a production agency. And we just, we kind of had to like pivot our supply chain 
And mm-hmm. it was, I'm sure that so many people have crazy COVID stories that, you know, similar type scenarios. And, um, and we were able to find these other amazing manufacturers that share our, you know, ethos of giving back and, and, um, and the environment and female founded. One of ours is female founded. And we were just so thankful that we were able to, you know, find these other sources and, but I, I'm not going to say it was easy and we just flipped the no. switch. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a huge undertaking, a yeah. huge investment. Um, and we, we, we spent the better part of last year shifting and pivoting and it was a puzzle, but, um, but to what I said before, like there was never a doubt, you know, once we like picked ourselves up and kind of got back together, um, I, I just, believed wholeheartedly that we could figure it out. And, and we haven't quite figured it out yet. Like the supply <laughs> chain is still, like you said, now it's not COVID, it's the supply chain. Like it's, yeah. um, I mean, there's still the variants and all that and whatnot, but, um, but it's the supply chain. I mean, there's still delays and there's things getting canceled and fabrics that we can't even get anymore. And um, mm-hmm. so, you know, it's, it's a whole other ball game with that now. But um, as I said, we found these amazing partners and employees and agencies that have been helping us. And they're all strong, powerful ladies that we (laughs) are working with and, and, and men too, but it's, it's been, you know, just so amazing to see what is possible when you, you know, Mm -hmm. have to get scrappy and just figure it out. (laughs) And I mean, kudos to you guys for not just having to do a full supply chain overhaul, but doing it under those circumstances. Um, every time I've ever had to do a factory switch, mm-hmm. it is like people don't realize how many steps are behind it because oh, you're literally yes. starting all over again with products yep. that you've mastered because it's now a new person and a new team and maybe new machines. Exactly. Yeah. It, it becomes the only thing you can focus on. Yes. So it's, like I, I'm sympathizing with the stress <laughs> and the choices and, and like all the details you have to go back through. And yeah, you know, so totally. often for entrepreneurs, we're so forward, like, and when you have to go back and like do things you've already done again, it's, it's yes. almost double painful. Cause you're like, Oh, we've already done this. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had fittings for multiple days where we were back to square one with styles mm-hmm. that we'd already perfected. And, yeah. and, you know, as you know, from retail background, nothing's ever perfect the first time, nothing is ever perfect. No. Right. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's many iterations and, and, and we, and our customers provide feedback. I mean, you know, they mm-hmm. all like our, and as I said, our customers are so loyal. So like, if they get something that's not what they're expecting, we hear about it, which is great. We want like, yeah, we want all the feedback because we need to know too. So um, it's been, you know, this just, grind of getting those many iterations and versions and, and just try, you know, we're, we're never going to get to be perfect or whatever, but we always want to be working on it and getting better. You know, it's, that's the main goal. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably runs through the entire company, right. Of like, we're, you know, I think about entrepreneurship, very project-based, like everything Mm -hmm. is like one step, like how do we perfect this piece then move on to the next one. And especially in, in product creation, because you the benefit is that we have new projects every quarter or season or whatever mm-hmm. frequency we're on. Um, so I think for, I love the fashion uh, entrepreneurship space because we there is such a blend of being creative and analytical 
and mm-hmm. you are doing problem solving and there's a good balance of knowing what's coming, but getting to take on new things on a regular yes. basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as we, after dealing with the whole year of all of that struggle and pivot and, and getting kind of the foundation back together again, what are you guys focusing on for 2022? Yes. So despite all this last year, we, our sales still grew 40 close to 40% um, year over year. So I, you know, in a just amazing way to end the year and kind of this momentum coming into 2022. And for this year, we have so many exciting things coming up. We are expanding our summer line, which is this um, jersey. We call it like an eco jersey fabric. It's a recycled, almost like athletic leggings fabric, Mm -hmm. but we make dresses and tops in it. And um, we're doing prints on that for the first time this summer. So um, so we're really striving to become a year-round lifestyle brand, which is where mm-hmm. our vision has always been for the brand. So I think this year, last year we had a small launch of it and it did really well and we had some great learnings from it. So we took all those learnings and now we're going to have a huge um, investment in marketing and and launch of it um, this spring and summer. So that's really exciting. And then we are just expanding. We're going into different categories in the fall. We have a lot more outerwear that we're investing in for for the fall and holiday season next year. And we we basically took this year and designed these different collections inspired by women across the country. So like different pockets of the country. And um, so we're kind of using that umbrella as as the year and and dropping all these new styles um, mm-hmm. and then different iterations on our our bestsellers and our turtlenecks and um, and our t- our fleece tops. So I'm I'm really excited about that and I really just see so much potential for our brand and the pineapple. I think yeah. <laughs> you know just becoming like this year round um, lifestyle brand and it's it's all about styles that like I was we actually just took our children to Disney World this past weekend. Um, I'm still recovering. It was exhausting. It was so <laughs> so much fun. But I all I did was pack Dudley Stevens, and I, I happened to have some of our new samples of our summer collection. And it n- doesn't wrinkle. You fold it in, and it's so lightweight. And then I put in mm-hmm. a few fleece turtlenecks because it was chilly in Orlando. And I like my mom and sister and I text like this a lot. But I was like, what did we do before this? Like I don't know. <laughs> it's just like so practical and so you know, easy for traveling. And as a mom, I mean, it's all machine washable. It's like it, uh, this eco Jersey fabric is mm-hmm. unbelievable how it holds up in the washing machine. And so I just, um, you know, I, I'm so like passionate about that for our busy lifestyles. And, um, and so I just, I really see so much potential there and mm-hmm. in the future, of, you know, as we, as we continue to to grow. Yeah, there's, we, you know, we're overwhelmed with decision-making every day, all day. And that's why so many entrepreneurs have their uniform because they don't have the brain capacity to think about no, one yes. more thing. <laughs> and I think you know, moms are very similar where it's like, okay, no more choices, please. Exactly. Just because you don't want to make a whole fashion wardrobe choice every day doesn't mean that you don't want to still look good. And, totally. Yeah. You know, thank you for making products that allow us to do both. <laughs> um, I like already have the hot pink fleece jacket in my cart. I'm like that. Oh, yeah. Yes. I need that. <laughs> yes. Um, and so it's, it's just, I really see in your brands, like women making products for women who are actually up to something. Um, yes. 
Yeah. It's not the imaginary life of what a glamorous woman looks like. It's what real life for glamorous women looks like. Yes, exactly. Um, and I, I just, it's nice to, to know that not only does it look good and it's functional, like you check so many boxes for people mm-hmm. um, and it has the, you know, eco recycled materials and that's a commitment for you guys. So um, just, you know, thank you for being awesome. a product brand that is checking so many boxes. So it's an easy yes for all of us consumers. I love that. I love yeah. how you've said that too. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so we, we ask everybody on the podcast where you put yourself on the powerful lady scale, zero being average everyday human and 10 being those powerful lady uh, you can imagine. Where would you rank yourself today? And where would you think you rank yourself on average? Wow. That is, um, I would say, I would say I'm maybe about a seven. I mean, I think, you know, I, powerful can mean so many different things too, right? Mm -hmm. It's, you know, how you conduct yourself on a daily basis, how you are with your friends and your family and all that. But for me, a powerful woman is someone who knows how to work well with people and, um, you know, appreciates all the things in, in, in her life. And, you know, I really think it comes down to how you interact with your peers and your, your colleagues and the people that work with you. And that's always been something that's just remains so important to me that all the women that work with us feel heard and, and valued Mm -hmm. and, um, and really appreciated. And so I think that, you know, as we grow and, you know, have people that work with us, like I always view the people that work with us that we work, we almost work for them. Like I, I, you know, I, I want to make sure they're, they're, they want to be here every day. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I feel like in terms of, you know, powerful, like to me, I would say like a seven, cause I'm, you know, still also learning in that area and I'm still <laughs> yeah. trying to, you know, become a better manager and quote, unquote, I hate the word boss. Cause like, you know, <laughs> as I said, I want everyone to feel like they're, we're all work together. Um, but yeah, as I continue to learn more about that and become a leader, um, I hope that, you know, that will go up. Like I, I really, you know, see our, as I've said many times already, but I just see our company continuing to grow and flourish. And, um, I hope to be leading that, you know, I really hope that, um, I can continue to grow with the company and, and someday become a 10 and just be like, you know, (laughs) like all those amazing female founders who have, you know, really succeeded and, and grown amazing businesses. Yeah. I know all of us are like, thank you, Sarah Blakely. Like, Totally. She's like the first that comes to mind, right? Like, yeah. I mean, she's just such an amazing, um, you know, represent like example of what someone who's hardworking and dedicated can do. And her story is just incredible. Yeah. Well, and and when we look at the different types of entrepreneurs, right, there's the classic like um, 10x finance oriented entrepreneur. And then there's the um, very creative entrepreneur, like a Steve Jobs. And then there's, mm-hmm. there's Sarah Blakely. And I think that, you know, her being that more heart-centered managerial, like mm-hmm. let's make something that we're passionate about that works perspective, I think mm-hmm. speaks to so many women too, because we don't want just one thing. Like we want yeah. the multiple checkbox opportunity. Yep. And if it's not, we're always trying to like make it <laughs> get closer yes. to that. Totally, um, totally. And I think that's the so type true. of entrepreneur that doesn't get a lot of attention. So I'm glad that she does. Yes, um, I agree. The, it doesn't mean 10xing a tech company that you're an entrepreneur. No. There's 
so many more scenarios of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think that's, I, I love talking about that too. And I could have a whole other podcast about <laughs> all of that. But um, but I think that one of the things we we network with people in the industry and I had a, my sister and I had a call with this woman and her advice, I want to like write on the walls and it, it was bigger is not better. And mm-hmm. it's, it's so true. You know, like I, I, we, we've never raised money. We've, it's, we've had a small family investment in the beginning and we've just reinvested our profits and there's other ways to do things than just going out and raising money. And I think, um, my sister and I are great examples of that six years in. And, you know, we, we just, we've, been, we've been scrapping, we've made it work. And yeah. so I think that there's just other ways to do that. And raising money is not always the way. And that's not to say we won't in the future, but I just think that, you know, as if any young female entrepreneurs are, have, are listening to this, like you, the 10X and the valuation yeah. and all that, like it's, that's could be part of it, but it doesn't need to be. I mean, if you like no. Sarah Blakely have an idea, you know, you can, there's other ways to make it happen. Well, and the majority of entrepreneurs around the world don't get funding. You know, right. Most of them are are self-funded. And yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. And there's a few clients who I'm sure are listening who are going to be like, oh, that's what Kara just said. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear someone else say it. Because, you know, I think we forget too that like the money doesn't solve all the problems. And yeah. if if you, if the business isn't functioning in its own pace and its own sustainability, nobody's mm-hmm. going to want to invest anyway. So, totally. Yeah. You know, I, I think often when you know, Twitter was an example used recently, they've never been profitable. They have so much investing and they can't figure out how to make it profitable. So chances are like it's, if you yeah. Twitter stock, I'd kind of get rid of it because I don't <laughs> think it's ever going like, to work out the way they think it is. Yeah. And so it's, it's this whole space of, to your point, like, what do you really want? Mm-hmm. And um, that's why my my business coaching approach is thriving because like y- you have so many buckets, yes. right? You're a mom and a wife and a sister and a daughter. You have you yep. know friends and you have this business and it all has to work otherwise because we're always choosing something not to do. Right. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I love that advice. I think, and it, and that's exact, you know, to further on that, like, Someone also, another networking call of another female um, in the industry, and, I, and you know, you struggle to do this, but she said to that same thing, what do you want? Like, where yeah. do you want the company to go? Mm-hmm. And every day I try to remind myself of that because otherwise the buckets are going to, you know, it's, oh, it's yeah. not going to all be, it's, you're just going to, things are going to fall and you're going to lose sight of things. And so just to always remain true to that and, and to grow the company to where you want it to be. And, and cause that's the advantage of starting, of doing all this. Yeah. And there's so much risk and, and fear and it's scary. And, and you feel like you're like standing on the edge of a cliff at certain times, but then other times you're like, wow, I can really shape this and, and let's see what we can do, you know? And it, yeah. it's exciting. Yeah. It's, we, we start businesses always with an underlying thing of being, of being selfish, right? We want our own freedom. We want our own time. We want, we want to control more things. And it's so interesting how there's these points where we start to be less selfish. And then you start to Mm -hmm. feel the company going in a way we're like, wait, 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 where's it going? And like to remind ourselves that it's okay to like be choosing for us, like Mm -hmm. the best part of being the boss. Like if we're not choosing for us, who are we choosing for? Yes. And 
I think like it's always between our dream customer and us. And if those two people, are, those are the only people that have to be happy. Yes, <laughs> totally. <it>. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I love that. I want to remember that too. That's such good advice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always joking. Like we, I have all these um, post-its on my desk that are like yeah. my newest favorite phrase. And the two I have right now are snap for dream clients. Because a client yeah. of mine the other day was like, I just wish I could snap and they would show up. And I'm like, well, try yeah. it. Try it every day yeah. for two weeks yeah. and tell me what happens. And yeah. on that call, she's like, holy shit, I just got an email from a dream client. I'm like, there you go. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> you put it out in the universe. You never know yes. what's going to come back. Yeah. That's so true. Um, the other one right now, it says, live your life undistracted. And oh, yeah. I think that speaks back to where you're, you, you know, you were earlier of, you know, it's sometimes the simplest things we, we discredit and mm -hmm. how do we, like, how do you get back grounded into it? And yes. I'd love to know from you, like, how do you balance all of your things and what are you doing for yourself? That's not being, you know, the boss. So working out for me is crucial. Um, mm -hmm. and COVID put a wrench in that, but, um, I, during COVID, I started working out of my house and mm -hmm. it's, it's my like 30 minutes, not every day, but I try yeah. to do it every day where I just am like, it's for me, no one else. And, yeah. um, that, and reading, um, I'm reading Leonard Lauder's book right now. Um, the company I keep, it's a great book for entrepreneurs. Um, so inspiring. I mean, the story is incredible. Um, and lots of history there. Like it's, it's mm -hmm. really fascinating. Um, so reading things like that and um, working out and yeah, and just spending time with my kids and my family and my husband is w really the most important thing. And, you know, just that's always the priority, you know, with everything. So I would say those things are what keep me sane, <laughs> balanced, <laughs> and, you know, they don't always work out perfectly, but, um, mm -hmm. but it's just getting through each day and checking those boxes for me is, is important. And, you know, to your point, like if you lose sight of those things, like they won't, you won't be doing them. And then what's, mm -hmm. what's the point of all of it? You know, like you just yeah. have to keep those things in mind. And I think, you know, working in the corporate in an intense corporate environment set me up to know those things, you know, mm -hmm. like when you don't have those things and you're working around the clock, like you, you realize like, Oh, I want that. Or I, I, you know, um, and so I think it's, you know, set me up to really appreciate those things in life. What would you tell yourself, like the eve of the idea happening? What would you tell yourself if you could go back? I would say that um, never try to get your perfection is not possible. Like mm -hmm. you just have to dive in and you just have to do it. And um, and actually, one of the quotes that I read in this book, in Leonard Lauder's book was, um, any decision is better than no decision. And I just thought that him writing that was like, that's exactly how I've tried to operate. Like mm -hmm. dive in, don't worry about it being perfect. You know, post, do whatever, like post it on Instagram. If you think people are going to like it. And cause we really launched the brand on Instagram when, you know, mm -hmm. six, five years ago and we had no, we had like no followers. And yeah. it was just my sister and I trying to like see what would work. And it was like throwing spaghetti against the wall. Like you just have yeah. to see what would stick. <laughs> like mm -hmm. sometimes you just have to do that. And sometimes you just have to put it out there and just let it go. And like, know that it's never going to be perfect. And actually it's better not to be perfect because you're going to learn more from, you know, just 
just trying and, and going for it. And um, so I think like the eve of launching it, you know, just kind of resting assured that like anything we're trying to do is worth the time because we're going to mm-hmm. learn from it. Yeah. Well, for everybody who is very excited to check out your store and follow you guys and support you, where can they find everything? Where can they go? So we're mainly direct to consumer on our website, which is Dudley-Stevens with a P-H um, dot com. And our Instagram account is at Dudley underscore Stevens. Um, and we're also on tuckernuck.com, um, but we're all mainly on our website. And um, yeah, I feel like come follow us on Instagram, check us out. And um, we have a fun Instagram account. I think it's fun following us, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to come and be part of the Powerful Ladies today. And just thank you for sharing your story. And like I said earlier, for making things that check so many boxes and are intentional. Um, it's so great to talk to women who are doing that, living their dream life and making it all happen. So thank you. Thank you. This was so fun. It was great to meet you. All the links to connect with Lauren and Dudley Stevens are in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening and please leave us a rating and review. They're so critical for podcast visibility and they really help us connect with more listeners like you. Come join me on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. And if you want to connect directly with me, you can go to caraduffy.com or cara underscore Duffy on Instagram. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode and a brand new, amazing, incredible person or two. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.